Ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of Best of All Living League Sports, I go ahead and break down all the major trades that happened right before the NBA deadline for trades. Guys, KD to the Suns, you had Russell Westbrook getting shipped around, Patrick Beverly goes to the Magic, Mo Bamba goes to the Lakers, and Eric Gordon goes to the Clippers. Very big trades. I'm going to give my thoughts and opinions on those trades right there. Then we have the UFC 284 breakdown. And on top of that, we have Francis Ngannou has just received an offer to box and have an MMA match with none other than Deontay Wilder. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, it's been a crazy past few days. And on top of that, we had insane trades going on last night. Just to name a few, Josh Hart goes back to the Knicks, Russell Westbrook to the Jazz, Kevin Durant to the Suns. The, the Suns now have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Kevin Durant. And then the Lakers get Mo Bamba as they trade away Patrick Beverly. And they also get D'Angelo Russell. Insane stuff going on there. And Eric Gordon goes to the Clippers. The Clippers get Eric Gordon. And I think that's going to be a really great addition for the for the upcourt um, when it comes to the Clippers. And I think adding a weapon such as Eric Gordon, who's a great shooter and he can make plays whenever he needs to, um, that's a really good play for the Clippers offense. As you know, is that sometimes they deal with the problems of load management. You hear the constant criticism. It's crazy to see that, um, to see the Clippers get Eric Gordon, who's a really good shooter. And um, John Wall also goes back to the Rockets for that, for that swap deal. And guys, another thing that I have to say, with all of these different trades, I have to admit, the Lakers, they did make some good moves. But the question is, how far are they willing to go? For Russell Westbrook to go to the Jazz, he said that he's willing to be dealt to go to probably somewhere else, maybe the Clippers or anywhere else. Um, that was like one of the sources that I saw earlier. And then on top of that, Zach Levine was willing to get dealt because the Bulls and Knicks had a little bit of a trade. Um, they had a little bit of a trade agreement or a trade meeting. Um, they were they were listening to each other's talks and deals. Nothing fell through because it is past the deadline. Currently it is 3.35 p.m. And as you know that the deadline was set at three o'clock Eastern time. So um, right now, it seems like the, the the madness and whatnot is all coming through, so I'm kind of just going right off the top, kind of scrambling to get all on top of the news. But as far as some of these big trades, I really like them because Josh Hart to the Knicks, that's a really good player that they get from the Blazers. Unfortunate because he said that he wanted to stay. He looked like he wanted to stay, and for him to go to the Knicks, just not really what you want to see when you when you develop such a great you know relationship with your teammates, with your squad. And for them to go to the Knicks, though, I think the Knicks are probably... The Knicks have made a few interesting moves, and especially with Hart to the Knicks, I think that's going to open things up. And on top of that, you have Russell Westbrook to the Jazz after the Jazz getting a lot of money and a lot... I mean, the Jazz had a lot to give. And on top of that, like for Russ to finally leave, apparently Russ had a little bit of a falling out with one of the coaches in the locker room with the Lakers. And... There seemed, there seemed to have been a little bit of a tense atmosphere between the Lakers and Russell Westbrook as of late, but I think it's fair to say that the Lakers now, okay, we get it. LeBron, this is this was big news, obviously, the other night. Um, LeBron broke the all-time scoring record uh, held by uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I get that. I understand that it's a really big accomplishment, but at that point, to stop the game which is which is like I understand it's a game and that's that's a very history that's that's a very that's a very big part of history I get that but 
to just to stop the game completely. And then, you know, on top of that, just celebrating that when you guys just need to focus on getting the win. Because congrats, you made history, but you're putting one personal interest over the others. That's just my opinion when it comes to this, personally, in my opinion, because you you have to realize that the Lakers, they made a lot of moves. I, I get it, 100%. But how are they going to deliver? How are they going to deliver? I mean, Mo Bombo, that's really, that's really good. And then also they get D'Angelo Russell. That's going to be very interesting to see how he's probably going to take the spot over of Russell Westbrook. And, I mean, you already know that LeBron is going to manage the team really well because he's <laughs> – there's always been a joke around the league that he's like kind of like the, the general and like the, the general manager. You know, he, he gives the deals, all that good stuff. But for Kevin Durant to go to the Suns and also all these other trades going on, there was a lot of moves that I was, that I was um, you know, really surprised about, especially Kevin Durant to the Suns. I woke up and I saw that on my phone and I was like going crazy. I was like, wow, I did not expect that. Um, but for Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton to receive Durant, that's really big. And then I, you also have to feel for the Nets, man. I mean, they lost Kyrie and KD in the span of seven days. And you have to realize that the team that the Nets had, it, it, you look at it on paper, and it's, it, there's so much talent, all this good stuff. You know, they had so many pieces. Like, you know, like I said, they had, you know, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Ben Simmons. What could go wrong? Everything. Because that's what happened. Because every single like big superstar that they get, it seems like they they get they get too excited and then they just fumble it. And that's exactly what happened here. And for the fact of the matter that the Nets have lost yet another superstar, I think that's just what really sells it for a lot of people. And for the fact that for the fact that we've seen the Nets collapse and to see that Ben Simmons now Ben Simmons is probably going to do the same thing that he did to fit that he did when he was in Philly and um you really need to take a look at Cam Reddish um Cam Reddish is going to be going to to Portland which is a pretty good trade and then for Josh Hart to go to go back to New York I think that's going to be very interesting um I, I mean, there's just been so many interesting trades. Uh, and on top of that, Jay Crowder, he went to the Bucks after being dealt away from the Suns, finally, finally frees himself up. I really like all these trades that I've seen so far. And a few of them might not be as big as, you know, the Russell Westbrook deal or the Kevin Durant deal. I get that. But they're all interesting in their own way because you have multiple different storylines and you have a lot of pieces that went from one team returning back to the team that they were at originally, especially Gary Payton. He's going back to the Warriors, uh, the second, Gary Payton the second, not the first, <laughs> but um, Gary Payton the second, he's going back to the Warriors. There's just a lot of different trades going on right now in the NBA that we can see and that we're going to be looking forward to to see like how the landscape of the league is going to change. As we know that Kevin Durant, he's not going to be coming back until after All-Star break because he is resting up his knee. And we have to see, I mean, and also it looks like Kyrie Irving, like on his first game back, he carried the team and won without Luka. And we understand that, that Kyrie can be that little spark. We get that. But if they can do, 
if they can if they can work together, both Luka and Kyrie, that's going to be a great team. However, I just think that they need a big man of some sort. They need just a big man for something. And I'm really excited to see where these all go. But anyways, guys, stay tuned because after this, I'm going to, after this little break, I'm going to give a little bit of an insight to UFC 284, the co-main event and main event. And then after that, I'm going to talk to you guys about Francis Ngannou and his offers from Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. In need of some really cool clothing and streetwear? Well, I have the perfect place for you. Hyped Experience and No Man's Land Vintage is the perfect source for all your vintage, pop culture, and streetwear needs. Follow No Man's Land Vintage and Hyped Experience on Instagram. This is all for people who live in the upstate of South Carolina, and trust me, guys, I go here all the time, and it is incredible. They have such a variety of different kicks shirts, jerseys, everything that you want pop culture. They have old school stuff. And like I said, guys, I told my buddy Ethan, who actually runs one of these Instagram pages, guys, when you wear a piece of vintage, it's like wearing a piece of history. So come on down to these websites or on top of that, just follow them on Instagram. That is N-O-M-A-N-S-L-A-N-D-V-T-G, all one word. And on top of that, H-Y-P-E-D-E-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E, all one word on Instagram. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, we have a really, really, really fun card this weekend at UFC 284 in Australia. The two fights to end off the night, the co-main and main event, we have some really good fights. I'm really excited to see both of these. For the main event, we have the featherweight champion, the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, going up against the lightweight champion at 155 to challenge for a second belt. In the number two pound-for-pound fighter in the world, Islam Makashev. So, for Volkanovsky, he's undefeated in the UFC, and he has wins over Max Holloway three times, Jose Aldo, Chad Mendez, Brian Ortega, and Chan Sung Jung, the Korean Zombie. He has excellent pace and pressure, and his striking has gotten so much better ever since he started training at City Kickboxing with Israel Adesanya and so many other great teammates such as Kaikara France. And his striking and takedown ability has evolved massively, and he has 12 KO victories. And the way that he's able to, you know, move in with a jab, and on top of that, just showcase his his power in his right hand, and you know his unpredictability with his striking, going from leg kicks to to then the clinch, and then uh, then eventually just putting together some sort of combination to to knock back the opponent. He does a really good job at that, but he's going up against the new king and one of the best right now in the world, Islam Makashev. So he's the protege of Habib Nurmagomedov and his father, and Habib's father, Abdulmanov Nurmagomedov. And he's a four-time Russian Sambo champion, and he has wins over Drew Dober, Tiago Moises, and most recently, Charles Oliveira for the vacant 155-pound belt. And his striking has gotten so much better because he's trained with Habib for a long time, but he's, he recently trains with AKA, one of the best teams in MMA. They have some champions such as Daniel Cormier, Luke Rockhold, and Habib just to name a few, and also Cain Velasquez, the one of the greatest um, heavyweights we've seen in the UFC as well. And you got to realize that Makashev has really great takedown ability with it, with you know the ability to control the wrist, and he's a really great transitional grappler, and he's very forceful in the clinch, but his striking has gotten so much better, and he said he wants to knock out Volkanovski. So I really don't 
think that this fight is going to be much of a stand-up war. If it is, I'm excited to watch it because I love seeing two guys go toe-to-toe -to -toe and slug it out to see who's the better man. And if Makashev wins, that's a really great fight for him to beat the number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world. But if Volkanovski can become a double champion, he's probably right now the greatest right now in the ring in the world right now for the UFC. He's probably the best martial artist in the world right now. So, if I have to go with the prediction for this fight, I feel like this fight will not go five rounds. I feel like someone's going to get finished. But if I have to go with, if I have to pick one, I want Volkanovski to win. But realistically, I feel like Islam's pace and pressure will be too much. And I think he's going to secure a third round finish. So, like I said, Makashev by round three by way of finish, either submission or TKO. And then, ladies and gentlemen, the co-main event, the fight that I'm very excited for because we get to see a star studded matchup between the number two ranked Yair Rodriguez versus number five Josh Emmett for the interim featherweight belt on the line and I'm very excited for that guys so what's really significant about this matchup is these two guys are you know so worlds apart but that's what makes this fight interesting in my opinion so Yair Rodriguez he has wins over the likes of Jeremy Stevens, Chan Sung Jung and BJ Penn and his last appearance was a was a win with an injury to Brian Ortega. He dislocated his shoulder, which is unfortunate for him. He's still one of the best right now in the world. But for for Yair, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in this fight because he has a tough task ahead of him. So Josh Emmett, his last loss was in 2018 versus Jeremy Stevens. Since then, he's been on a five-fight win streak with knockout wins over Michael Johnson, Mursad Bektik, uh, and on top of that, he's beaten Shane Burgos, Dan Ige, and Calvin Cater in a fight that was really razor close. I mean, it just, if you watch the fight, you would see how you could score it. But I think that, that Calvin was able to keep Josh away with the jab. And my thing is this, Josh has great pressure on the feet. And you add his 14 years of experience with wrestling, that just goes to make a perfect formula for interim, if not the undisputed featherweight champion one day, 100%. But he has great knockout power. But you got to realize that Yaya Rodriguez's striking has gotten so much better. He can stuff down the takedowns and he lands 4.67 significant strikes per minute at 45% accuracy. And he had an absolute classic versus Max Holloway showing that he is one of the best strikers in the world. And the way he throws kicks and elbows and knees at such awkward angles and at such creativity, that goes to open finishing rates for Rodriguez. And that just opens different looks that people don't even see. So I'm very excited to watch this fight. But if I have to go with the prediction for this fight, I think Rodriguez gets it done. And I think he could probably get it done by by finish because he's also not that bad on the ground too. So you really got to take into consideration what both these guys can do. But if this fight is a stand-up war, they both can absorb a lot of damage. So if I have to go with one though, I think Yair's creativity with his striking is going to be too much. And I'm going to go with Yair Rodriguez by decision. And guys, I got to show you this. Here is my official reaction to Francis Ngannou with Deontay Wilder and more about Francis Ngannou.
Man, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you one thing. One of the most interesting storylines that we've seen at the beginning of this year. I mean, we're, we're not even fully two months in. I mean, we've made it past one full month of the year. And there's already been a lot of crazy things happening for the UFC. We get it. But one of the biggest storylines was how Francis Ngannou vacated the belt and left the UFC after his terms of his new deal were not met. It wasn't about money. He didn't want all about money. He wanted to have more more of his benefits and more of his wants and needs fulfilled. But unfortunately, the UFC couldn't come to a deal. And Ngannou has already been turning heads with his new found like future because he's had talks of Tyson Fury, one of the best heavyweight fighters of all time when it comes to boxing. And on top of that, Deontay Wilder, arguably the hardest hitting heavyweight puncher of all time besides maybe Mike Tyson. We've seen so many interesting speculations about what Ngannou could do, including boxing Anthony Joshua, who's one of the best heavyweights in the world right now too. Overrated or underrated, you can be the decision of that. You can decide that yourself. Um, I have my comments about Anthony Joshua and I have my thoughts and opinions. Gonna keep it gonna keep it nice and short. All I know is that Ngannou's future is exciting because as much as I love watching the UFC and as much as I love watching a lot of my favorite fighters fight in the UFC, the one thing that is very, very frustrating when when you look at some of the contracts when it comes to some of the biggest superstars, a lot of the superstars don't really talk a lot about what their contract like the terms and conditions of the contract and when you're a fighter under the UFC you're strictly under that banner you can't really do anything else and Ngannou and like so many others the only person that ever was able to do a cross you know promotion deal or fight or anything like that in the UFC as we all know was Conor McGregor when he fought Floyd Mayweather but that was because it was like one of the biggest fights in the world. And on top of that, it was it was money before everything. Money and eyeballs and butts and seats. We get that. But Francis Ngannou, he has been disrespected for a long time. I mean, for being the heavyweight champion and only getting 500K, you know, for the first for, for his first title defense when he won the belt. That's just something that he was very upset about. And money, obviously, money, obviously, for for a lot of people is important because this is your job. This is what you want to do for the rest of your life. This is what you want to do to set your kids up or your kids' kids. This is exactly what you want to do. But for Ngannou to go out of his way and you know properly represent like represent himself through a YouTube video that he posted, like addressing Dana White's comments and everything like that, pure professionalism, all that good stuff. And for him to get an offer from Deontay Wilder, one of the hardest hitting punchers in the sport of boxing, he said that he is willing to box and have an MMA match against Francis Ngannou. Now, I don't know about you guys, that fight right there, along with the Tyson Fury fight that is speculated with special rules, I am 100% down for either one because it's going to bring eyeballs to the sport. And on top of that, the heavyweight division or just heavyweights in general, they need it. The big guys need to get some love too. There's there's so many talks about some of the some of the smaller guys in the world. You know, the Canelos. I mean, Tyson Fury is is, you know, very popular as well. But there's the Canelos, the Conor McGregor's, the Jorge Masvidal's of the world. There's so many of like those guys household names, but no one gives love back to the heavyweights like this. One of the biggest fights that happened in, in heavyweight history when it came to boxing over the past few years, think about it. Think about it. What was it? 
Wilder versus Fury, and we saw it three times, and we saw the same result, basically three times. But all I got to say is this, guys. Wherever Nganu goes, he's going to bring eyeballs to where he goes, and I'm definitely going to be following it too because there's been so many different names that have been thrown out from left to right, left to right. There's, like I said, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, and Tyson Fury. But Francis Ngannou, when he started his career in the UFC and MMA, his first goal, his his ideal dream was to box. He said that on Mike Tyson's podcast a long time ago. That was his dream. It wasn't MMA. He had no idea about MMA. He didn't care about MMA. And he went to MMA, did his thing, but he wants to fight boxing once. And I would love to watch him do it because he deserves to. For him to, I mean, he's gotten a push a little bit from the promotion side of the UFC, but has he been respected by the company in general? Not really, because there's so many empty, empty, you know, things that need to be filled. There's so many holes that are empty that need to be filled, especially with how he was like being poorly promoted, and he he was speaking. He had the right to speak. I mean, you can have your criticisms about the company. I get that. A lot of people are gonna have their thoughts and opinions as well. But for him to stand up when he got out of the contract and set the record straight on his own accord, that just goes to show that Dana White was not accurate in Nganu's, in, in Nganu's eyes. And I really want to see more of that for some fighters. However, the UFC is a leading league promotion when it comes to combat sports or just sports entertainment in general. We get that. But... Nganu getting the opportunity to go and box and finally be a free agent and be his own boss and, you know, make his own moves. That's a great thing. And for him to be an independent agent right now, not really signed under any banner or anything like that, that's great. And there needs to be more, there needs to be more, um, how do I say this? Like, there needs to be less of a grip on the UFC contract, I feel like, for some fighters. Because the reason why, because... If there's more cross-promotional events, say UFC or Bellator or maybe UFC and uh, Bare Knuckle FC, there's so many possibilities, so many dream fights that we would all love to see. But it would all be about money and everything like that. And there would be a lot of questions and holes to fill in each, in each individual promotion. I get that. But it's something that a lot of people would be open to, and I would be open to it as well. Um, it would be really cool to see maybe a tournament where you get some of the best fighters from each company in the same weight class, in the same division, and they can see who really is the best out of those. I think that would be fantastic. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I will catch you guys next time. I will catch you guys next week after I have a Super Bowl win breakdown with my first guest on the show. And on top of that, I'm going to be running back UFC 284 and more. Stay tuned for next time.